Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Thursday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity. If you don't know who I am, um, how did you find me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I'm the host of the show and the owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself get your businesses set up properly, get your business paperwork done. So if you need help with things like registering your business with the state, getting EIN numbers, DUNS numbers, um, operating agreements, contract templates. Thank you for the hearts on Facebook. Uh, what else? Um, if hiring policies, um, non-disclosure agreements, I'm your girl. Um, why am I qualified? Hey, Zephyrina. Why am I qualified to help you do all of these things? I'm a licensed attorney, have been one for 14 years and counting. I've started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. Hey, Violet, I'll create. Important, I'm very passionate about business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school. You have amazing business ideas, and if you're going to be successful, there are just some things that I'm here. So if you want to get in contact with me so that we can get foundation solid as a rock, I want you to go to linktree forward slash MPL Consulting firm that is the only link in my bio it's all over my page on facebook and twitter all right um who's that who's that watching um i see your picture up at the top say hi so if you want to get in contact with me go hey claudia go to linktree bell consulting firm there you're going to be able to book a free 15 minute consultation if you are a first-time client you're also going to be able to download the uh free biz launch cheat sheet that is going to help you choose and start your dream business in seven days or less. Um, and for the ladies out there, uh, in a couple of weeks, the weekend of June 26th and 27th, I'm going to be a featured speaker at the Power of Three Women's Virtual Summit. It is completely free to attend, and I would love to see you guys support. Um, so go to linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm and reserve your spot. Again, it is totally free to attend. I'm going to be a featured speaker. There's going to be a lot of other speakers there. It's going to be a great empowering time for women. So, you know, make sure you win a house. Um, yeah. Also make sure, uh, for those of you who may be beyond, you know, the very initial steps of starting your business, if you're ready to hit the ground running and you want, you know, kind of that crash course on how to be a boss, you need to pick up business startup basics right now. Okay. It is uh, a $59 video training that gives, gets you through, uh, you know, the initial steps. You need some empowerment, Zephyrina, come on to the power of three. But Business Startup Basics is basically going to teach you how to be a boss legally. What What is the paperwork that you need to fill out? Where do you go to find this information? What information do you need to have ready? How do you open a business bank account? How do you start protecting your brand? So all that stuff that you need to know so that you can be out here with your feet planted on solid ground as a business owner, you get in Business Startup Basics. So go pick that up, all right? All right. So we've talked enough about my business. Um, let's talk about the show. The way that the show works, if you've never watched before, is that I choose stories that you guys have sent to me that I have found on different um, avenues, and I pick the ones that I feel like have uh, lessons that we can learn as business owners and entrepreneurs, um, and we discuss them. So this is a discussion between all of us. I want us to talk um, to each other. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to put your comments in as long as they are respectful, okay? Um Yes, so I think I've covered everything, so we are going to get started, all right? Um, so last night, uh, for those of you who were not here 
I covered the story. How's my dog? Oh, thank you for asking. Toby's doing well. He like today his energy was kind of low. He was he was just kind of laying around. He's usually a bit more energetic, but that may be due to the painkillers that he's on. But he was definitely you know very enthused to go on his walk. His appetite is good, um, and the people paid my money back, so we're all square. Yeah, we all good over here. Thank you for asking, Zephyrina. All right, <clears throat> okay. So, uh, first story that we are talking about tonight, and I actually just found this out right before we got up here, but if you watched last night, um, Cynthia39, you were here, we talked about that story of the doll that was based on, um, that influencer, uh, Amina Muciola. Um, they, uh, she said that the people who make Bratz dolls stole her likeness and created a doll. Well, the people who make Bratz dolls, MGA Entertainment, they've come out with a statement and they said, we've been planning this doll for two years and there, it is just a coincidence that the doll happens to have a resemblance to Amina, but this was developed by one of our black designers. We've been doing this, we, we've had this in the works since 2018, and, you know, they kind of gave a timeline. Now, this is just a statement that they've given. This is not something that has been given to, uh, you know, this is not being battled out in a court. This is kind of being battled out over social media. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens between Amina and MGA, but I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, MGA Entertainment, the people who make Bratz dolls, they are fighting back these claims from Amina Muciello that they stole her likeness to create their Rainbow Raver doll, okay? Um, and I literally just read that like maybe 15 minutes before we got on here. Um, but now we get on to our regular stories. Um, does anybody here watch any iteration of the Housewives franchise on Bravo? So what I mean by that is, do you watch anything named Real Housewives of? If you watch any of the Housewives franchises, give me a wine glass in the comments, okay? Uh, one of my very good friends, one of my very closest friends, uh, she is a Bravo fanatic. Um, she's been in a battle with Lisa Frank. Oh, shoot. Okay, Violet Owl Creations, you put me on. I gotta, um, I gotta, I gotta, um, go read up on that. Hi, Johnny Lewis. Zephyrina, you, you watched Housewives back in the day? Okay, well, um, it is arguably one of the most successful, um, one of the most successful branches of the Housewives franchise is Real Housewives of Atlanta. They have, you know, there are so many memorable cast members from that, from that series. Thank you, Violet Owl Creations. Um, there's Nene, Kenya Moore, Candy Burris from Escape. Um, thank you, Claudia, right? So, um, if you watch House, Housewives of Atlanta, give me an R-H-O-A in the comments. If you watch, watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, give me an R-H-O-A in the comments, all right? Now, if you have been watching Real Housewives of Atlanta, if you watched from way back in the day, you will remember that there was a recurring um, cast friend, not a full cast member, but thank you, Zephyrina, for RHOA. But you will remember that there was um, someone who would appear on the show very frequently called Miss Lawrence. If you know who Miss Lawrence is, give me an L in the comments. If you know who Miss Lawrence is, give me an L in the, co in the comments. Now... Why are we talking about Miss Lawrence and Real Housewives of Atlanta today, okay? I was, you know, skimming YouTube as I usually do and finding interesting videos. 
and I found a video um, where someone was interviewing Miss Lawrence, Derek J, who also has been on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Derek J was um, interviewing Miss Lawrence and asking uh, Miss Lawrence, "How did you, um, you know, how did you come to be called Miss Lawrence?" And Miss Lawrence said. You know, this is just what people have always called me since the days that I've done hair. I have always been Miss Lawrence and, you know, and I have the, you, um, you remember Miss Lawrence, Claudia? Awesome. Just remember, Facebook friends, just a reminder, there's a long delay, so don't think that I'm ever ignoring you with your responses. It just takes a while for me to see them, okay? But yes, so Miss Lawrence was explaining, you know, how the name came about and that it was just something that the clients, hi Shonda, that the clients always called called her or him or however you refer to to um to him or her. Thank you for the L. And come to find out, Miss Lawrence has Miss Lawrence trademarked, okay? Miss Lawrence is no slouch about business. I was watching this interview and I was very um I was very uh you know proud and really happy to hear this interview of Miss Lawrence because she was talking about you know how she has she owns all the publishing to her music. She has her copyrights in order. Her business paperwork is in order, and you know, this is um you know this is someone who didn't didn't go to business school, didn't you know go go to law school, but because they have you know been in the industry and they use their resources, Miss Lawrence has been able to establish a base for herself, including securing a trademark for herself. Miss Lawrence is releasing music that is absolutely copyrighted. It's on Apple Music right now. You can find it on iTunes. You can get it um, on Tidal. You can get it on wherever music is is sold. Um, and it's just securing the bag left and right. So when I talk to you guys about securing your brands, this is what I mean. Like Miss Lawrence, for the for the most part, I did not know who Miss Lawrence was prior to Real Housewives of Atlanta. But in being on Real Housewives of Atlanta, Miss Lawrence's empire has grown. People have come to know him or her more. And she's like, well, I got to secure this and got the trademarks and got the paperwork in order. So I just wanted to give a little congratulations to uh, Miss Lawrence and, you know, good luck with your song that you released. She um, just released a song called Say Her Name that you can find on YouTube, uh, you know, and is doing a lot of TV so, uh, it, and this is the power of preserving your brand because Miss Lawrence knows that, you know, this person, this, who you may consider a character, whatever you may think of Miss Lawrence, Miss Lawrence is making money off of that. Hi, Nessie time. How are you? And she's like, well, if I'm going to be Miss Lawrence, I'm going to be Miss Lawrence and I'm going to trademark this. So congratulations to Miss Lawrence. Okay. So I wanted to start that off on kind of a happy note, um, the next story that we are talking about is not um, so happy, um, and this is something that we can't escape, guys. Uh, I know that you know some people may be getting uh, maybe frustrated or feel a little weary because of hearing about all the protests and things like that and all of the demonstrations that are happening, but this is something that we are living through. This is not something that we can ignore. And even in times of civil unrest, even in times of protest, even in tragedy, some people are just gross. Um, someone is, people are trying to trademark George Floyd's name. Um, and I can't breathe the phrase. So in the United Kingdom and uh, the European Union, there have been several applications that have been filed to trademark the name of George Floyd. Okay. 
uh, as well, um, in the United States, there are several applications that have been filed for different, um, iterations of I can't breathe, uh, uh, one of which is I can't breathe, but we can vote. Guys, read the room. This, this is in poor taste. It's in poor taste. Do not do, look, I understand uh, wanting to make a buck, but when you have a tragedy like this, this is not something that you want to make, um, you know, make money off of. Like, remember when COVID-19, everybody's talking about COVID-19, everybody was trying to file trademark applications for coronavirus and COVID-19, this, this virus is killing people by the thousands, right? And now you have a man who was killed brutally, you know, on video and it is the is the catalyst for civil change for and also for civil unrest and you're trying to trademark his name you don't even know them hi tanya um but yes so uh i i brought this to you just to say that when you are trying to trademark something no it doesn't have to be the prettiest but at least don't let it be in poor taste read the culture understand what's happening around you it is not a good time to be going around trying to trademark the name of a man who was killed um, due to police violence, all right? Um, whether it's in the United Kingdom or in the United States. Nor is it uh, nor is it appropriate to try and trademark the words that he was saying as he lay dying in the street. So if you're going to trademark something, have some decorum about it, okay? Zephrina said, yes, yes, I'm glad you agree with me. All right. All right. But let's leave that aside. We're going to move on to some other things. Hey, everybody who's come on in. Welcome to MPL Legal Dish. This is the Wednesday edition of my Monday through Thursday live broadcast where we learn business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. Uh, if you would ever like to advertise your business on the show, we do sell advertisement spots on that $9. Um, and you can reach an audience of up to thousands who can see what y'all do. So uh, go to linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm, scroll all the way to the bottom and go click the advertise with us um, button. All right, let's get back to our stories. Do we have any Travis Scott fans here? If you are a Travis Scott fan, give me a TS in the comments. Um, If you don't know who Travis Scott is, Travis Scott is a music artist he does a, he he incorporates a lot of technology into his shows um during the, you know we're, well I mean some people are still under quarantine but during like the heaviest part of quarantine he actually had a virtual reality concert where you could you know you could create an avatar in a video game and you were watching a live Travis Scott performance in the video game like people were meeting their friends at the concert so Travis Scott he's doing interesting things with music out here we don't have any Travis Scott fans that's okay um he has a song with Drake and goes uh out like a light like a light your oh your son your son likes him okay Violet Owl Creations well um uh, ask your son, Violet Owl Creations, ask your son if he knows Travis Scott's song called Highest in the Room, okay? So Travis Scott recently came out with a song called Highest in the Room. The song has grossed about $20 million, um, and Travis Scott is being sued for copyright infringement by three songwriters by the name of Oliver Bassel. Benjamin Lasnier, Lasnier, and 
uh, Lucas Benjamin left. Okay. They are saying that, um, in this song, highest in the room, there is a unique, uh, a, a very distinctive, you know, the song Cynthia 39. Okay. They're saying that there is a distinctive guitar melody that Travis Scott and his producers basically copied from them. These three songwriters apparently came out with a song called Cartier in 2019. Um, it, four days after they created it, they posted links in, you know, music chat room forums. They were sending it to other producers trying to see if they could collaborate, including one of the, one of Travis Scott's producers. Okay. Um, they said that they started communicating with this producer, was sending him beats, um, and they never heard anything back. But then this song comes out from Travis Scott and they hear what they say is their distinctive guitar melody. So they are suing for copyright infringement and they want a share of uh, the royalties that uh, Travis Scott is receiving from this song. So at first I was like, I don't understand what the issue, how, how this is, how this is working. You are sending these beats out to several people. Unless it's already copyrighted. Now, the article I read did not mention whether they have official copyrights on this song, Cartier, or not. Let's assume that they do. Let's assume that these three songwriters created this song, Cartier, and then started posting it everywhere, hoping someone's going to pick it up, and then they start sending the beat to producers, right? What do you think the next step should have been? Because we don't know how they sent it. Did they just send it with no information? What is happening here? Um, I don't, we don't know what the communication was between these songwriters and Travis Scott's producers, but do you think that this is a case of them stealing the melody? One, do you think that it is a coincidence? Two, or do you think that these three songwriters basically went about this the wrong way and were just sending their, their music out here willy nilly? What do you think happened in this case, if you think there's infringement at all? I have not heard this song, Cartier, um, 2019. I might give it a listen later, but I did not have time today. But um, what uh, if, if you guys have a chance, look up the song, Card, uh, song called Cartier um, and compare it to Travis Scott's Highest in the Room. And let me know if you hear any similarities, okay? So we're going to have to wait and see what, uh, what comes out of, um, of that story. Okay. All right. Is my girl Zephyrina still in the room? Cause, uh, this has to do with states that have fully legalized recreational cannabis. Um, violent owl creation said not a coincidence, but also should not have been sending it out to everybody. I totally agree with you, violent owl creations. You got it. Sometimes you got to keep things close to your chest. You can't like, if you flood the market with something, there is a likelihood that it could be stolen. Um, all right, moving on to our next story. Uh, since the internet said probably stole it, but they didn't copyright their music. Well, I don't know if they didn't copyright it. I have not done the, the, the legwork to check that out yet. Hey, essentially true. I haven't seen you in a minute, m'lady. Um, all right. <clears throat> the music. Okay. All right. Um, yes. Good info. Got to, I will tune in next time. Okay. Thank you, Claudia. Uh, you're here, Zafrina. All right. Okay. So 
Is anybody here trying to get into the cannabis industry? Particularly in Colorado. I mean, not Colorado. That's where you are, Zephyrina. In Oklahoma. And does anybody know about the cannabis industry in Oklahoma? Okay. If you do, give me some type of plant emoji. <laughs> All right. Um, why am I asking about the cannabis scene in Oklahoma? Uh, there is a dispensary in Oklahoma that is being sued by a bank. Uh, so as you can see, the title of today's show is it's not that kind of bank, right? Um, so in Oklahoma, there is a state bank. Um, what do you mean not allowed sincerely? Essentially true said no, but I'm thinking about CBD. No. Okay. You don't, you don't know about bank, uh, Oklahoma. All right. Um, okay. So in Oklahoma, there's the bank of Oklahoma, right? Just like, you know, state, there'll be a state bank and they have a trademarked, uh, logo. It is a hexagon that is red and white. They've had this logo since 1975. It says Bank of Oklahoma, right? Recently, a dispensary opened in Oklahoma. Um, oh, it's essentially true. Zephyrina said CBD is good. All right. Uh, recently, a new dispensary opened in Oklahoma. And, oh, you said you, if you thought it wasn't allowed in Oklahoma? Well, apparently it is. <laughs> I think they may have pushed it through. Uh, it might be medical. I don't know. Anyway, but, um, a dispensary opened in Oklahoma and they have, are calling themselves Dank of Oklahoma. So as opposed to Bank of Oklahoma with a B, they are calling themselves Dank of Oklahoma with a D. And not only are they calling themselves Dank of Oklahoma, they all, their logo is a hexagon. Remember, Bank of Oklahoma's logo is a hexagon, but the hexagon is green and black. And then the the store's motto is what's in your dank account, okay? So, obviously they were making a pun on words and being a bank and all this stuff, and Bank of Oklahoma, you need to move to Oklahoma. Now, we all understand that even they need to stop even though we know that cannabis is legal in a lot of states, it is still federally illegal. So cannabis companies cannot run money. Um, they cannot have regular bank accounts or FDIC insured um, bank accounts because the federal government does not recognize cannabis yet. It is still federally illegal, right? So Bank of Oklahoma, they're like, Excuse me, Dank of Oklahoma, we do not like the fact that you are making a pun and trying to, you know, make jokes about being a bank when you have the Bank of Oklahoma right right here. Sincere 39 said, wow, I like the name. Dank of Oklahoma liked it too, but Bank of Oklahoma did not. And Dank of Oklahoma has backed away. They said, we don't want no smoke with the, with the Bank of Oklahoma. And they are changing the name of their dispensary, okay, and their logo. Now, the name itself, I don't necessarily have an issue with. Bank of Oklahoma, Dank of Oklahoma. But the issue that I had was that the the logo for Bank of Oklahoma is a hexagon. 
a red and white hexagon. And then you, Dank of Oklahoma, go and make your logo a green and black hexagon. Do you think that there might be a possibility of confusion that the Bank of Oklahoma might be seen to be in cahoots with Dank of Oklahoma, especially considering that Dank of Oklahoma used a logo that was substantially similar? Essentially, True said, what is Dank, though? Um, Dank is a slang term for, you know, really strong, really powerful, really good cannabis. Um, yes. So, you agree with me, Zephyrina? Yeah, I don't really have an issue with the name. I actually think the name is pretty cute. My issue is that they use the same logo and also the same lettering. Um, so it, so it looked like they just took the Bank of Oklahoma sign, changed the colors and some letters, and stuck it on their building. So Bank of Oklahoma said, oh no, girl, this is not going to fly. They filed a trademark infringement suit. And Bank of Oklahoma said, we don't want no smoke. And they they are changing their dispensary name. So how many of you guys think that they should have stuck to their guns and tried to keep Dank of Oklahoma. If you think they should have tried to keep Dank of Oklahoma, give me a one. If think if you think they were smart to change the name, give me a two. So if you think Dank of Oklahoma should have kept the name of their dispensary as Dank of Oklahoma, give me a one. But if you think they should have ch- um, that that they were smart to change it, give me a two. Essentially, true said one. Sincere 39 said one. Yes. So y'all think they should have kept it? Okay. Uh, Zephyrina said they did it when they were high. Violet Owl Creation said that they were, they were smart to change it. Okay. So we have, so we've got two for they should have kept it. And we've got, oh, we've got three for they should have kept it and one for they should have changed it. Okay. So I'm, again, I'm half and half. I think they should have kept the name. But the logo has got to go. Just because you invert the colors doesn't absolve you of responsibility. Remember when we talked about that case of the um, the Phi Beta Sigma pants, the, the fraternity pants. The fraternity's colors are blue and white. And Ralph Lauren remade those pants into red and black. That doesn't change the fact that you are using a federally registered trademark, Okay. Essentially, True said, I agree with the logo part. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I like to have my people with me. Um, But yes, so there will no longer be a dank of Oklahoma. So if you were planning on going out there to see what the dispensary scene is like out there, don't look for dank of Oklahoma, all right? Uh, But yeah, but those were the stories that I had for you tonight. Um, I want to thank you all for your participation you know, I love with all you. Uh, thank you for the two, Shonda. I love when you guys give me your opinions and your feedback and your questions. It really makes this enjoyable. Um, we are going to be back here tomorrow for more stories. Uh, ladies, I want to remind you that um, June 26 and 27, I'm going to be a featured speaker at the Power of Three Women's Virtual Summit. I'm going to be doing, you know, a cra- uh, um, an entrepreneurship workshop. It is completely free to attend the conference and it is completely online. Go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm and reserve your spot. 
as well. Um, if you are a first time client, make sure that you go to linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm and, uh, book your free 15 minute consultation. Okay. Um, and for those of you who have gone past the initial steps, but still need, you know, to get those official stamps for your business, make sure you pick up business startup basics. Okay. It is your crash course in how to be a boss. Um, Zephyrina said, hope Toby feels better soon. Thank you, Zephyrina. Toby's doing, you know, he, he, he's men on, on the fast mend. Hey, Nessie time. Thank you for the thumbs up. But yes, those are the stories that I had for you tonight. We'll be back here tomorrow. Good night to my mom and dad. Good night, Joey. Um, take care of yourselves. I don't care if they say you can go outside, wear your mask, wash your hands, be clean, stay away from people, social distance, because COVID is still out here, okay? Um, and be safe, all right? And love each other. Good night. Bye-bye.